1: Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at That's OLLY.com. That's dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
0: Pierre Poliev is the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. I don't need to tell you that, you know that. And Mr. Poliev joins us for a question and answer segment. We also appreciate the opportunity to speak with you, Mr. Poliev. Let me ask you the question How are you? I'm great.
1: Feel good, and my my little guy, my little one year old, and I uh, just did a little uh, fun workout together. I went out for a little drive uh, to a friend's uh, place and worked out in his living room, and uh, and we uh, then came back and had a little snack. And so I'm having a nice relaxing day, and then I'm off on tour tomorrow. So good sure. times.
0: I bet the little guy put you to shame, eh?
1: Oh, he's something else. Lots of energy, and uh, but that keeps me sharp.
0: Yeah. So let me ask you some questions that really matter to Canadians because you're running for prime minister. It says so on your Twitter feed, and you've told us throughout your pursuit of the leadership of the Conservative Party. Let's begin with this. Japan's prime minister in Canada, Germany's Chancellor Scholz in Canada, both of them within the last six months, both of them want and need Canada's liquid natural gas LNG. Mr. Scholz left with a non-binding agreement for hydrogen export from Canada from a plant which has not begun construction. And a technology which, uh, as far as I understand, isn't even available. And Japan's prime minister left with a quasi-support from Mr. Trudeau. We need to support our allies. We need to support the need the the world has for our LNG. It would also help our country and help our social programs and our and our health care system, which is under massive stress. How, what do you make of what's gone on in the last six months with allies appearing here asking for our liquid natural gas?
1: Well, they didn't get very far, did they? Trudeau basically said, call Vladimir Putin. Here he needs lots of natural gas and he needs to sell it to fund his war machine against Ukraine. And God knows the next country he'd like to invade if he could hustle up enough cash selling his energy that allies can't get from Canada. With no excuse. We have 1,300 trillion cubic feet of natural gas in Canada, the fifth biggest supply on planet Earth. And when Trudeau took office, there were 15 proposals by industry to build natural gas export terminals with private sector money, not taxpayer-funded boondoggles, but private sector money because they are a very profitable projects. They're also terrific for the environment because we can liquefy and, and ship the gas without, with very limited emissions due to the fact that we have abundant hydroelectricity in the provinces concerned, B.C., Quebec, New Brunswick, and Newfoundland. And finally, um, we have cold weather, which makes it about 25% cheaper to liquefy the gas than it is in the U.S. Gulf Coast. And when that gas gets to Asia, it will replace dirty coal-fired plants. And Natural gas has half the emissions for every unit of electricity it generates, that coal has, and that's why the Americans were able, under President Obama, to reduce their emissions so much. It wasn't because of windmills or solar panels. It was because they replaced coal with gas. Mm-hmm. We could help the world fight climate change. We could defund that Vladimir Putin's war machine. And we could turn dollars for dictators into paychecks for our people, including our First Nations people, if Justin Trudeau would just get out of the way and let us build these things.
0: So if you become the prime minister of this country... How quickly do you believe you would be able to change this dynamic and accommodate ethical nations and allies who require Canada's natural gas and oil? Because there are organizations, there are provinces, uh, there are people in this country who would stand stand in your way. Would you be able to make happen what you've just told us we need?
1: Yes, I would. And we have, like I said, the economics are very simple. The stuff is expensive extremely profitable. It is much more, uh, the the price it fetches in Asia and Europe is much higher than here. So there are going to be private businesses ready to do it. That's why the Americans have been able to open, I think, 10, in the neighborhood of 10 of these massive liquefaction facilities and ship uh, more gas abroad. Um, Other countries are doing it. You know the Germans built a natural gas import terminal in about half a year?
0: Yes, I do know
1: that. Beginning to end. Um, And I think it was 194 days from the time they announced it to the time it was importing gas. And yet, in Canada, it takes 7 to 10 years just to get the government to sign off.
0: What do you do as as far as provincial opposition is concerned? Because you're going to run into that.
1: Sure, you have to have a backbone, though, and stand up to the gatekeepers at all levels of government. And by the way, the biggest proponents of these projects are First Nations people. In British Columbia, the Haysla uh, people are uh, proposing a natural gas liquefaction prog- pro- program. Uh, so are the NISCA and the, all of the First Nations communities along the, the coastal gas link natural gas pipeline are supportive, there are 20 of them, and all 20 of the elected communities are on side. So it is not First Nations standing in the way, they are the biggest proponents of this, and they have actually contributed ideas on how to make these projects even more environmentally friendly. And uh, not only will I support them, but I will arrange, uh, I will will change the law so that the companies that invest in these projects uh, pay the First Nations people and their local governments instead of giving all the money to the federal government. So we're going to put more, we're going to allow First Nations to be the main economic and fiscal beneficiaries when the projects on their, are on their ancestral lands.
0: Yeah. Mr. Pauly, have you mentioned First Nations? And you've been criticized in the last few days for speaking at the Frontier Centre for Public Policy in Winnipeg. The think tank has questioned the negative impact on Indigenous children and communities by the residential schools in Canada. What do you say about that?
1: Well, they're wrong on that. The residential schools uh, is one of the ugliest blights on Canadian history. And the uh, group, uh, anybody who questions that is uh, dead wrong. Uh, I speak to hundreds of different groups every single year. Some, I'm sure that many of them, uh, if you look back at everything they've ever said, you'll, or everything every one of their members has ever said, um, they've said something wrong. Um, but I disagree with that. You know, for example, CDC, which was the one that provoked this controversy, uh, has 500 of its employees say that CBC acts in a systematically racist way towards its employees. So does that mean I should never speak to the CBC? You don't have to answer that question, but, um, you know,
0: well, uh, I, will, I will, if you
1: want Okay. I'm sure you will. But uh, no, listen, uh, there are plenty of people out there who've said things that I disagree with or that are wrong, but um, I'm going to, I have to go out and uh, spread my message and I'll continue to do that with my own uh, values, which are clearly against residential schools and in favor of opportunity and hope for First Nations into the future.
0: Have, I have five questions. We have about eight or nine minutes of uh, the carbon tax. Let me begin with that in our second segment here. Your predecessor as leader of the Conservative Party, Aaron O'Toole, was against carbon taxes and then changed his approach in 2021. You're steadfast in your opposition to carbon taxes. People will remember Mr. O'Toole. What is your commitment as far as carbon taxes are concerned?
1: I'm going to scrap the carbon tax to lower the cost of gas, heat, groceries, and everything else. So far, the carbon tax has not worked. Everything Trudeau told us about his tax has been false. He said it would reduce emissions of greenhouse gases. Instead, they went up. And he hasn't hit a single solitary greenhouse gas target since he put the tax in place. He said the tax would never go above $50 a ton, which is 11 cents a liter. And then after the election, he admitted that he would triple, triple, triple the carbon tax so that it will impose Uh, close to 40 cents a ton, 40 40 cents a liter of new taxes on our gases, our gas and more on our heat and other uh, essentials. And uh, he said that people would get back more in rebates. Well, now his own parliamentary budget officer says that 60% of those in those provinces where the tax applies are paying more in carbon tax costs than they get back in those little tiny rebates. So everything was false. didn't work. We need technology and not taxes to protect our environment. I'll incentivize uh, nuclear power, uh, hydroelectricity, and carbon capture and storage so that we can have more carbon-free energy. And I'll allow more of that green energy to go onto our grid so that we can power electric cars uh, into the future. We're going to need to double the supply of electricity if we're going to have people switching over to electric. Vehicles. That's a huge so project. We need, well, we need to get the government out of the way and let us build more hydroelectric dams in Quebec, Manitoba, and British Columbia. So, we as prime,
0: so as do. prime minister, you would get out of the way.
1: I would. Well, look, we have, we have to have strong environmental protections, but we don't need to duplicate it. If the provinces have an ironclad environmental system to look to protect. Uh, the nature, and public safety, and they go through all the steps, then we shouldn't duplicate it by spending five or six more years on another federal process. We should have one approval for one project. And that will get us the green energy from hydro, nuclear, and carbon capture and storage that will allow us to supply our grid with the affordable and emissions-free energy that will power an electric future. So in other words, instead of driving the cost of traditional energy up, why don't we drive the cost of carbon-free alternatives
0: down? Yeah, and I think people I are like- people are in the mood to accept, I think, increasingly, nuclear as an option. I hear it on this program quite regularly. Now, let me move on to uh, the issue of McKinsey. You voiced concern about Mr. Trudeau's government's relationship with McKinsey Consultancy and the $66 million the government paid McKinsey to advise largely on immigration issues. Um, and, and now Mr. Trudeau has asked two of his ministers to look into the McKinsey contract. Are you satisfied? Not even close.
1: First of all, $66 million is an underestimate. There are other contracts out there. Second of all, we can't even figure out what this company does for the government. They got at least $66 million. Media called them and said, what did you do for the money? They can't answer. They called the government and the minister's offices can't answer. Bureaucrats are calling journalists anonymously and saying, we saw these guys walking around our departments with their silly little reports and their presentations. We can't figure out what they did. What do you think they're what doing? They got. Now,
0: what do you think they're doing?
1: I think they're, I suspect they're doing very little of value. And I think that what ha- what's happening here is this is a liberal link firm where they're t- very tight with Justin Trudeau. The, the former director was a best buddy, Dominic Barton, whom Uh, Trudeau appointed as the ambassador to China. And he did this, interestingly, after the company was caught helping to kill tens of thousands of people by promoting um, dangerous opioids and opioids that Oxycontin and others. They advised the pharmaceutical companies on how to sell this stuff. And then they got thousands and thousands of North American working class people hooked on it that helped deliver what we have today in the opioid crisis. This is known. The companies had to pay $600 million to the U.S. government and state level governments in settlements for that. Why would we then turn to that same company and give them $66 million of taxpayer-funded contracts. I
0: want to have a conversation with you. I want to have a conversation with you at some point about chronic pain patients and what they're experiencing in this country, 1.5 million, who are increasingly not able to get the medications they require, which happen to be, in many cases, opioid prescription drugs, but that's for another day. Let me ask you this. Your consultancy or your concern about McKinsey and the way you expressed it, are you seeing anything that resembles scam?
1: We don't know yet. It's too early to say. I, I don't accuse anybody of anything until I have proof. Here's the broader issue. Since Trudeau took office, the amount of money spent on high-priced consultants has gone up by 70 percent, from 10 billion to 17 billion dollars. That 17 billion dollars equals more than a thousand bucks for every single family in Canada. There are 15 million families in Canada. Seventeen billion dollars equals more than a thousand dollars. Think of your, your listeners. I want your listeners to think about this. Your family spends a thousand dollars on federal taxes that go exclusively to high-priced consultants. This is a staggering amount of money. It is, and it requires a major investigation to figure out where it's.
0: And Mr. Trudeau in 2015 objected to ten billion. And now it's $17.7 billion. The release of violent he, criminals. He I think he be- was
1: going to cut it, by the way. Remember that? He said I do that remember.
0: he was going to reduce
1: yep, I remember consulting, it. and he's actually increased it by 70%. Seven zero. That's like 10% every year. What are we getting for this money? Is anything working in the government? These management consulting geniuses, have they made us get faster passports, more functional airports and airlines? What about the 1.1 million immigrants who are waiting in the queue beyond the acceptable wait uh, time? Hmm. What has actually improved in this country as a result of this extra seven billion and extra? Do you?
0: 10 I wanted to ask you about crime, uh, but but do you think you'll be able to get this from McKinsey and this consultancy issue before a parliamentary committee, or are you going to be outvoted?
1: We're going to get it. We already got the vote. We, we I lined it up. I worked on it uh, over the holidays. We got the opposition MPs on the side. For once, uh, the NDP mostly just does Trudeau's bidding. But for once, they're they're being moderate. They're not standing in our way. So we're uh, we, we're going to get the study, and we're going to get to the bottom
0: of it. I have literally 30 seconds. It demands a lot more time. The release of violent criminals who go on to commit additional and more serious crimes. I've been talking about this for 30 years. I've been inside Canadian prisons. I was on an advisory committee for a Canadian uh, public safety minister. And, and what we accomplished and changed in the 90s is rolling back. What are you going to do, Mr. Polyev?
1: Well, I'm going to reverse Justin Trudeau's policies. He brought in a um, catch-and-release bail policy for violent offenders. So uh, when someone's charged, uh, they can get out the same day on bail, even if they're charged with a very vi- a violent one, even if they have a long-standing rap sheet. So I think that if you have a, a, a record of violent crime and you're charged again, you shouldn't get bail. All right. uh, that's uh, that's how we're going to stop the crime. And we're, we're going to uh, bolster our borders instead of banning hunting rifles to keep the uh, real uh, dangerous handguns that are coming in.
0: If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green.